Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole, and today we're going to ask the question of how much or how safe is too safe when it comes to your retirement portfolio. We've all heard stories about people who are invested. Maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a family member, and then 2008 happened and they couldn't retire and they had to keep on working a few more years. Or maybe they were invested and then 2000 to 2002 happened and the, the stock market decline of that time and they kept working. They weren't able to retire. And we hear these stories and what's ingrained into us is as we approach retirement, stocks become very risky and bonds become very safe. And so what this leads us to do is we approach retirement, we think, okay, we can't own any stocks or should own very little in stocks and we should own much more conservative investments because at that point you really can't afford for your portfolio to go down. That's true to an extent, but let me tell you about another story. I met with this gentleman years back and this gentleman had retired in his 60s and in his 60s, he was fine. He had social security coming in. He had a pension coming in. He had investment coming in. And for the first several years of retirement, he lived very comfortably, but he was invested very conservative. And so what happened is for for the duration of his 60s and his 70s even, he was just fine. But then in his 80s, all of a sudden, he was having real trouble meeting basic living expense needs, buying groceries, putting gas in his car being able to afford food or utilities or whatever it was. And the reason for that was he was invested so conservatively, really he wasn't invested, that no, his money never went up and down because he wasn't invested in the stock market, but his money also never grew for him. And so he had a very comfortable retirement for the first half of it, but the latter half, he really struggled to make ends meet. Thankfully, he had some social security and pension that allowed him to keep meeting some of his living expense needs, but his portfolio just did not grow enough to be able to keep up with the rising cost of inflation. And so in his later years, he was really struggling to get by. So we have this conception that that stocks are risky and bonds are safe. And what I really want to do, or what I think is really important is to reframe what risk really is. As we start to talk about how safe is too safe for your portfolio, and by the same token, how aggressive is too aggressive, what we really need to think about is what's the true risk. Most people think of risk as the stock market. Your money goes up and down. It's very uncertain. You could be up a whole bunch or down a whole bunch in any given year, and there's just no predicting which way it's going to be in the short term. That is one form of risk, but that's not the biggest risk. The single biggest risk that any retiree will face is that they will outlive their money. It's very simple, but let's look at an example. Let's assume that you retire at 60. Let's assume that age 60, your living expenses are $80,000 per year. Well, if inflation increases by 3% per year, then what that means is that for the first couple of years of retirement, living expenses start at 80,000 and they don't go up too much. 3% per year isn't a huge increase. But by age 90, it's going to cost about $194,000 simply to maintain the purchasing power that you had at age 60. Meaning it's going to take two and a half times as many dollars to be able to say, buy the same goods and the same services at age 90 that it would at age 60. That's pretty incredible to think about. And people look at that and they say, there's no chance that it's going to cost me almost $200,000 to buy what I could buy today with $80,000. But if you think back 30 years, what people are paying for cars and for houses and for clothing and for food, that same thing is going to happen going forward. 
that is oftentimes a much bigger risk than the risk of the stock market going up and down in the short term. So as we look at how safe is too safe in your portfolio, this is really the risk that we need to be thinking about or keeping in mind as we start to address this question. So let's start going through this. If you have a portfolio of all cash or all bonds, you're going to be okay in terms of not having a whole lot of risk in the market for the short term. If the stock market crashes like it did in 2008, like it has recently with coronavirus here before recovering, your portfolio is not going to be impacted too much by that. Bonds and cash are much more conservative, and that's going to provide some stability, which is going to feel really good in the short term. But the risk of that is over the long term, are you going to grow enough with that money to be able to keep up with inflation so that you can maintain your standard of living along the way? So we start to see here that the real risk or the risk we should be thinking about is are you maintaining your purchasing power? Is the money that you have increasing and even outpacing inflation over time? And really to do that, one of the best vehicles or one of the best investments you can make for that is stocks. Now, this isn't saying own 100% stocks in your retirement portfolio, but oftentimes I see with retirees, they could probably do with a little bit more in stocks than they usually have. This is certainly not a recommendation. I do not know what you specifically have in your portfolio. So this isn't necessarily a recommendation speaking to you. But in general, I see a lot of people that are too conservative going into retirement because they fail to think about the fact that that money may need to last for 20, 30 plus years. And as you think about this, you hear stocks, you may think, James, that's too risky. The stock market, it could be down 30%, 40%, 50% in a year. And you're absolutely right. But here's the way that we need to think about this. We need to think about stock market returns, not in terms of what are they going to do in any given month or any given year, but what could that do for you over the course of your retirement? So let's walk through an exercise real quick. Let's look at the daily returns, or let's look at the returns of the S&P 500 and how frequent those returns are positive. The S&P 500 is just a proxy that measures stock market performance. The biggest 500 stocks in America, that's represented by the S&P 500. So on average, the daily returns of the S&P 500 are up 53% of the time. What that means is that 47% of the time, they're negative. So as you look at that, it's not much better odds in a coin flip that you're going to make money in any given day. If you look at monthly returns, so overall rolling monthly time periods, going back the past 80 years or so, 63% of the time, those returns are positive, which means the remaining 37% of the time, they're negative annual returns. So overall rolling one year time periods, about 73% of the time, the S&P 500 is positive, which means about 27% of the time it's negative. So this is where we start to look at risk. You say, okay, well, why would I invest in the S&P 500 if if one out of four years, I'm going to lose money? Well, look what happens if you just keep extending that time frame. if you keep extending the rolling time periods. If we start looking at five-year rolling returns, 88% of the time, the S&P 500 has been positive or has produced a positive return, and 12% of the time it's been down. Over 10-year rolling time periods, 94% of the time, the S&P 500 has increased in value, and 6% of the time it's gone down. And over 20-year rolling time periods, 100% of the time, the S&P 500 has been positive, which means there's never been a 20-year rolling time period where the S&P 500 has lost money. So why does that matter? Well, it matters because when we think about investing in stocks, especially as going into retirement, the concern is, am I going to lose money? And what this exercise shows us is that from day to day, month to month, year to year, the odds of you going down in value, they're fairly, I don't want to say they're high, but it's not, it wouldn't be unexpected. Most of the time, the S&P 500 or stocks go up, but there are certainly instances when stocks go down. And as you're approaching retirement, what you want to avoid is a portfolio that goes down. 
But as you start to expand the time period that you're looking at, as you look at one year to five year to 10 years to 20 years, the consistency of positive returns begins to become pretty incredible. So as you look at it over 10, 15, 20 year time periods, it's really the bonds that become more risky to assert, depending on how you look at it, when you look at it from the perspective of maintaining your purchasing power. Over 20 year time periods, the odds of bonds maintaining your purchasing power more than stocks maintaining your purchasing power is significantly lower. So as we look at retirement, we need to start looking at the fact that yes, you need to be able to meet your living expense needs the day you retire, the year you retire, the first several years of retirement, but we can't neglect to think about later years into retirement, knowing that when you get on into your later years, you don't want to have to be dependent upon friends or family or be a burden on anyone to meet your living expense needs. You need to position your portfolio appropriately on the front end to make sure that you have a good mix of everything. And if you're too much in cash or too much in bonds or too much in conservative things, you're probably not going to be able to maintain your lifestyle throughout the duration of your retirement. So back to our original question of how safe is too safe, there's not a one size fits all answer because obviously everyone has different retirements, they have different living expense needs, but in general, your portfolio, your investments are too safe if your portfolio won't be able to meet your needs in later years. If your portfolio isn't going to grow enough for you to be able to generate the income you need from it in your later years, chances are good your portfolio is too safe. Now, there could be other issues. Maybe you just haven't saved enough. Maybe there's not other income sources. Maybe you need to work a little bit longer. But in general, if your portfolio will not meet your living expense needs, you're one of retirement all the way through the end, it's probably a good time to make sure that you're thinking about not just today, but also your investments down the road. Now, obviously, if you have a larger portfolio, it gives you more flexibility not have to worry about this as much. For example, if you need $50,000 per year from your portfolio, maybe to supplement Social Security or a pension or something, well, if you have $20 million in your portfolio, you can get away with being extremely conservative. That $20 million is going to last an extremely long time if you're only taking out $50,000 per year. But if you have $50,000 per year needs from your portfolio in your portfolio's $1 million, well, if you keep that too conservative or just in cash or just in very conservative bonds, then you're likely going to run out of money in the first 15 to 20 years of retirement, just as you look at inflation going up and spending your portfolio down. So the more that you have in your portfolio, the more flexibility you have in terms of deciding how you want it to be invested. Now, if you have $20 million in your portfolio, chances are good you don't want to just let that sit in cash. You want to make sure that money's working for you. So that's another important component of this. But just in terms of looking at it from the standpoint of can you maintain your standard of living, the more you have, the better position you'll be in, fairly obvious. So with this, you also need to consider your other income sources because with your portfolio, the nice thing about it is you can choose how you invest that and the way you invest that is going to determine how that portfolio grows. But other things don't grow at all. So pensions, for example, if you have a pension, oftentimes a pension doesn't have what's called a cost of living adjustment. You might heard that referred to as a COLA, a cost of living adjustment. If you have a government pension, so if you are a teacher or a firefighter or a police officer or other government worker, you probably have cost of living adjustments built into your pension. So if you're receiving 50,000 per year in a pension this year, next year it'll probably be higher to adjust for inflation. But if you have a pension from a corporate company, oftentimes those pensions are locked in. If you receive 50,000 this year, it's also 50,000 next year, it's also 50,000 20 years from now. So yes, the dollar amount remains the same, but the purchasing power actually begins to diminish each year. Maybe you have an annuity. If you have an annuity that's paying you a set amount of income each month, that income oftentimes does not increase with inflation. 
So again, the dollars that you're receiving today, it's going to be the same exact dollar amount 10 years from now and 20 years from now, but the purchasing power has begun to diminish and sometimes it diminishes substantially. Social security even. Social security does actually go up each year, but it doesn't fully go up with the true cost of inflation. So it is going to go up. It's going to build in some inflation protection for you, but not fully. And why I bring this up is what this means is if you have something like a pension or an annuity or another income source that doesn't increase with inflation, what that means is each year a greater and greater amount of income is going to need to come from your portfolio or from your savings because the purchasing power of your other income sources remains fixed. So as inflation goes up, those increases each year, they need to come from your portfolio more and more. So what do you do with this? The obvious answer is you need to make sure that some of your money is invested for growth. Now, this doesn't mean just own all stocks. You could make the case for that in certain instances, but most people going into retirement do not want to own an all stock portfolio. So there's different approaches to looking at this. And if we want to simplify just to kind of provide some examples here, here's what you could look at doing. So some clients, maybe you look at your portfolio and you segment it into what are called buckets. So you might say, okay, for the first 10 years of retirement, I want to have one bucket of money that's extremely safe. It's extremely conservative and things that I know will not go up and down with the stock market. Why? Well, what that does is it frees you up to invest the other portion of your portfolio more aggressively. It frees you up to invest that in something that will grow for you so that it's worth more down the road and you don't need to worry about the ups and downs in the market because you don't necessarily need to touch that money for five, 10 plus years. So for example, let's assume you have a million dollar portfolio going into retirement and that you have social security, but on top of that, you need to pull in 40,000 per year from your portfolio to supplement your social security benefit. Well, what you could do there is if you said, okay, I want to put 10 years of living expenses or 10 years of portfolio needs in a very conservative investment, you could take $400,000 of that million dollar portfolio and you could invest that into extremely conservative or just fairly conservative investments. What does that do? That gives you 10 years of income. It gives you 10 years of stability in that first bucket, knowing that you're 40,000 per year, which times 10 is 400,000. That's going to meet all of your needs for the first 10 years. So what it does is it then frees up the other $600,000 of your million dollar portfolio to be invested into things that grow. So maybe in that case, you invest the $600,000 into stocks. So fast forward 10 years. For the first 10 years, you've been able to pull out money from your conservative bucket and live on that without fear of the stock market taking that money down. And then in 10 years, when that money has grown or when that money, that first bucket is used up, I should say, well, the 600000 in the more aggressive bucket, assume it grew at 8% per year, it's now worth $1.3 million. And at that point, you go through the same exercise, except that now instead of needing 40000 per year from your portfolio, you need closer to 54000 per year from your portfolio to account for inflation. So 54,000 times 10, there's $540,000 that you take from your portfolio, add it to bonds or add it to something more conservative, and you just reset the clock. Now, this is just an example. This isn't necessarily saying you should do this, but just to illustrate how you can start to approach your portfolio by segmenting different parts of your portfolio to meet certain living expense needs, this is one general overly simplified approach that you can do that. The upside to this is you can see that the money that you need is very stable. So as the stock market goes down because of coronavirus or because of trade fears or trade wars or because of whatever it may be, it doesn't necessarily bother you as much because you know that you've got money that's sitting there, stable, conservative, that will continue providing income for you. 
It's the rest of the money, the money you might not need for five, 10 years down the road that's going up and down, but you know that you have enough time to recover. And if you remember from our chart we looked at before, when you start looking at stock market returns over five, 10, 20 plus years, the odds of you getting a positive outcome are extremely high when you give your portfolio enough time to work. The downside of this is by the end of the first 10 year time period, your portfolio is almost all stocks. So if you look at this, and again, this is overly simplified, but if you spend that first 10 years of income by year nine, you have very little of your portfolio in bonds because you only have one year's worth of living expenses left or cash or whatever the conservative investment is. And most of your portfolio is in stocks. So it might not be a portfolio that fits what you might call your risk tolerance, but in general, that's one approach to it. The other more common solution is just spread out your portfolio into different things. Some things that are conservative, some things that are aggressive. If you look at what you might call a quote unquote standard retirement portfolio, you often look at what you would call a 60-40 mix. So 60% invested into things that grow, which is typically stocks or real estate or other things like that. And 40% invested into things that are conservative. So cash or bonds or other safer investments like that. What this does is you have enough of your portfolio in aggressive investments and enough of your portfolio in conservative investments to really weather any storm. If you go through a market downturn and you need to keep taking income, well, yes, your portfolio as a whole has gone down. But you got to keep in mind that 40% of that has probably stayed stable and maybe even grown, the 40% that's conservative. So that year, if you need to take income, it comes from the conservative portion. But if you have a great year and then stock market does really well, well, that's a year that you could afford to take money from your stock portion. Again, the goal with stocks isn't to say that you don't want to own them. You just don't want to have to sell stocks or sell the aggressive part of your portfolio when the stock market is down. But if the stock market's up, that's great. That could be a great year to take your income from that source. So by spreading out or diversifying your portfolio into many different types of investments, what you're doing is you're giving yourself flexibility to take income from whatever part of your portfolio has gone up in value or at least remained stable in value without forcing yourself to sell great investments when they're down. So as we look at this, when it comes to how safe is too safe, we've already talked about it. Too safe means your portfolio is not going to grow enough to keep up with inflation and is not going to grow enough to keep up with your standard of living throughout retirement. To combat that, you need to have a mix of safe and aggressive investments. That specific mix is going to be unique to you and your living expenses and your life expectancy and, and other income sources and a hundred other different variables. But in general, what I wanted to point out is that the biggest risk often isn't the ups and downs in the short term of the stock market. Yes, that's a risk. And yes, that can be very scary because that's right in front of us. But the bigger risk is the one that we oftentimes don't see until it's too late. And it's the risk that inflation is going to increase too much. Expenses are going to increase too much for us to actually be able to keep up with our living expense needs. So that's it for today's episode. If you're listening and you're enjoying the show, please subscribe. Every Tuesday morning, a new episode is released, and there's a lot of great topics that are queued up to be released in the upcoming weeks. Make sure that you're subscribed, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are, follow, subscribe. Make sure that you never miss an episode. If you've got friends retiring or family retiring, make sure that they are aware of the podcast as well. Want to make sure that we're reaching and helping as many people as possible. So I appreciate you all listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. This show is designed to answer your questions about retirement. So if you have a question, chances are good you're not the only one. Someone else probably has that same question. Head over to the Ready for Retirement website at readyforretirement.co and there's a page where you can submit your own question there that I'll answer in a future podcast episode. 
If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show. A new episode will be released each week, and by subscribing, you'll be notified each time that happens. And if you want to see the show notes or the resources mentioned in today's episode, please head over to the Ready for Retirement website. Again, that's readyforretirement.co, and the show notes will be listed right there. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. It's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.